Hello and welcome to Adventures in Venue Land, an EVMC podcast. Join us for this all-access pass backstage and behind the scenes with some of the brightest minds that cross the scope of the live event industry. I'm Dave Rettelberger. And I'm Paul Hooper. We'll introduce you to incredible guests who journey with us as we dive deep into the world of venues, tours, festivals, and everything in between. Grab your laminate and meet us in Venue Land. Today's adventure takes us to Las Vegas, Nevada. We're talking with a woman who's passionate about her experience, and she's a great leader in the live entertainment, attractions, and immersive experiences. From marketing to ticketing, she's done it all, and we're excited to talk to her about her current role as director of group sales for the Sphere Entertainment Company. Please welcome Courtney Payne. Hi, Dave. Paul, how are you? Good, good, good. good. You know, when a new building opens up, it could be the Moody Center. It could be Climate Pledge Arena. You know, we've we've all been there when our building is the bright and shiny new kid on the block. But I've never seen any type of global buzz that uh, we're experiencing right now. Then, then I'm sure you're you're living in it every day. The Sphere Entertainment Company for for somebody who's crawling out under their rock. Uh, talk to us about what's happening there in Las Vegas. It's been absolutely incredible. We knew that when we turned on Sphere, it would create a buzz, but to the extent that we've gotten globally, as you said, it has just been incredible. We went from zero to a hundred and it has not stopped. Uh, We are just running a million miles an hour and (laughs) just trying to get this venue open in, I believe, less than 60 days at this point. So (laughs) yes, we're really excited. So it's it's a wild ride so far. <laughs> Tell me, for somebody who hasn't who hasn't seen it, how would you describe? Is, is it just sphere? It's not the sphere, right? How do you describe sphere? That's correct. It is sphere, and it is the world's largest LED display, and um, it's been an incredible debut to show Las Vegas, the newest icon on the Strip, and show the world, you know, what we're about to bring to the entertainment space. Um, being a 22nd century technology, um, as we like to say, bringing the immersive entertainment to a new level. When you look at it, it's just absolutely just breathtaking from a from a venue perspective. And what's it like on the inside? Are there uh, how many seats are we looking at? What, what's the venue like on the inside? Does it have a hot dog stand? <laughs> yes, yeah, so we will actually have um about anywhere from 10,000 to 20,000 seats. So it depends on the setup. It's actually a flexible venue, which is really cool. We have retractable seating on the floor. So depending on the artist or the show or the um, experience that we're putting in, we can actually change the venue setup. So there can be floors, GA standing room only. There can be floor seating all the way through. There are um, 10,000 immersive haptic seats with uh, an infrared technology. So it's creating oh a 4D gosh. experience, uh, which is absolutely incredible. And you're going to feel what you're experiencing, what you're hearing. Um, and that is just something that is going to take it to the next level again um, with what we're trying to do with this immersive, taking people to places they may never get to go to and just experiencing entertainment in a new way. 
Yeah, it's kind of interesting to describe it. Like whenever I've talked to just people in passing, or I saw like a video on social or something, it was like, oh my gosh, did you all see the sphere or, you know, sphere in Vegas? And it's hard to describe because to me, and I'm sure you all, you know, you're hitting on this. It's not really like any other venue I can think of. You know, it's not an arena. It's not a stadium. It's not, I mean, maybe closest to like a performing arts center, right? And like in the in the seating, but yeah. even that, like you said, it's so immersive that it's it's really not like that. <laughs> so it's it's kind of like such a unique, like one of a kind venue. And I think Vegas, I mean, that's like the perfect place for it. I don't know if you could you know, premiere this in any other city, you know, in Vegas, it's like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, you go to these Cirque shows that are immersive, you go to these other shows there that like Vegas is all about that experience and taking it to the next level and not just having, you know, an artist on stage, but having performers all around or having the whole theater kind of themed out after the event. So I think, I mean, what a, I don't know, it's, it's kind of at a loss for words, but I, I think one of the awesome things about it is unlike a lot of these other buildings like Dave hit on, you know, there are these new arenas or new stadiums or whatever that are unveiling. They kind of, there's like a little tease leading up to that opening, but really they're kind of like doors shut until we're ready to open them. Whereas you all, you can be working on tons of stuff behind the scenes inside, but then you have this just incredible round billboard essentially on the outside that as soon as you got that up and running, it's like now you it's like instantly are building buzz, even though you're not going to be open for a little bit. Like you said, it's just like you can go on and flick those lights on and just let the world gasp and on till you're ready to open the doors. Exactly. That's exactly what we were intending to do is just give people a little taste, a little bit of what to expect. Um, and then, you know, once we are done testing, because believe it or not, what we're doing right now is just our testing phase. So this is not even like full blown. This is not even everything that we have planned for Sphere on the outside, let alone the inside. And um, actually one of the things that you talked about with being able to describe it as, you know, a venue or a stadium or a arena, you know, theater style, the common misconception with sphere is that it's in the round and it actually is not it is a theater style setup um and the stage is part of what we are showing but the biggest thing about sphere is the media plane inside that is the second largest led display so first being the outside and the second being on the inside um that is going to wrap up and around the audience and give you this, wow. you know, I call it a 360 view. It's like a 180 view, really. Um, but yeah. you're only seeing everything around you um, and above you and feeling completely immersed in what is on that media plane. And that can be anything from, you know, scenes that are created from our uh, creative team that they're developing, like similar to what you're seeing on the outside. Um, it can be anything that the artist is wants to put on the screen and work with our production team to create um, and, you know, it can be art, it can be true live filming, like we're doing with our big sky camera. That was a 18 K resolution camera. That is a first of its kind again, and something that we've taken okay. out around the world <laughs> again. I know we're doing it all first. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so we're taking that out around the world to film for our, uh, premier sphere experience, um, which will be Darren Aronofsky's postcard from earth. That oh, is our more about that. What, what is that? So that is, our, like I said, our um, premier sphere experience. 
and um, it is still in production. So we're still getting some more uh, details to share soon, but it is really going to be a breathtaking adventure, taking you, like I said, around the world into outer space and um, showing us the unique perspective of beauty of life on earth. And we're really excited to share that with you. Darren Aronofsky being an Academy Award nominated director and producer. Uh, Very excited to get his new film cinematic production at Sphere. I think that allows a lot of flexibility that you all can have something like a concert, which I know you all have you two right coming. Yes. I forget, forget the dates, but like, you know, a little Irish band uh, that a couple of people have probably heard of, you know, but small one. <laughs> yeah, a little small one, but like having a performance from you two and having some sort of giant experience for that. But then you can also do something that's less, I guess, less like performer based and more visual based, almost like you would, I mean, on a much larger scale, but something you would maybe see at like an Omnimax theater or something that is just a really like, you know, focusing on the screen and the experience and putting you into that moment. And I mean, the seat thing you mentioned is wild. And I think I saw something on your old social too about like the audio, like it's got this crazy audio system that's like interwoven into the LEDs on the inside where it kind of pinpoints every single seat. I mean, it's got to be a really fun thing for your all's production team and, you know, video design team to kind of play with. I mean, you know, they're not messing with something that anyone has ever done before. So I'm sure it's very much like sandbox for them where they're like, what do we want to put on it? You know, what can we do? You know, this is a round surface, which we're not used to working with. You know, it's got to be just a crazy toy box. The creativity that they are bringing to the table is unlike anything I've seen. I'm just blown away every day. I see something new uh, that they are working on and it's just incredible. And, you know, not having a venue, anything like this, we actually created uh, what we call um, Big Dome in our uh, Sphere Studios in Burbank, California. And that is uh, about a quarter size of the actual Sphere in Las Vegas. And it is a replica essentially so that we can program and test and do what the inside is going to be as well as obviously now now that we've built out everything on the inside um pretty much we're you know close to being done there and putting the seats in etc so we're able to test you know in the actual venue but this will allow us to continue testing and creating um and and artists can go to that studio and work with the production team to create That's so cool um yeah. in person there at our studio in burbank so it is just beyond anything you can imagine and we're we're so excited for what's to come and what they're going to come up with and really can't believe i'm part of it in our Many years at EAMC, we obviously were out in Vegas not too long ago. So for people who are listening who are familiar with the Strip, where, where is the Sphere located? Yeah, so we're located right behind the Venetian and Palazzo. And we are on Sands Avenue. So right there on the corner of Sands and Cobal. And then where are your offices? Where do you work from most days? So we have offices um, on location as well as um, next door. Uh, so we have a few different offices just depending on kind of where you are in the production side. Tell me, tell us about your, your role. What, what is your, what is your role as, you know, director of group sales? What do you, what do you do there on a, on a day-to-day basis? 
Yeah, so I have um, a team that I am building to sell anything that is 10 or more tickets for Sphere, specifically for our Sphere experiences um, and eventually for our venue tours uh, when we have those. And that allows us to you know, get creative and do more than just, you know, tickets because we have such a beautiful venue. We're able to add on um, experiences like a private event or a cocktail hour or reception. We have beautiful event spaces that we can use. Uh, so I work with my uh, colleague, um, who's our director of special events, to put together our group tickets as well as our special events and combine that. We can do full buyouts of the theater. We can do full buyouts of our show. Um, our sphere experience, we can do, you know, keynote speakers, that type of thing. So we will, we all work oh, yeah. together. We also have um, 23 VIP premium suites um, that we are selling as well. And uh, we have a premium hospitality team that handles that. So we all work together to get groups and get our guests the type of experience that they want for conventions, for trade shows, for a leisure group, social group, you know, it can be anything from 10 to 20,000. It really just depends on kind of what you're looking for. We can do it. I think a lot of uh, arena people probably have some functionality of group sales, but group sales in Vegas is, it's gotta be like another beast. You know, it's like, I think people, when they, go to Vegas, they see that there's just always these different rates for different shows, different venues, you know, if you've got a big group, you know, what is that like doing what you do in that type of market? You know, it, I'm sure it's competitive, which is, but that's an exciting thing, but you also have so many people that are traveling there, visiting, you know, I'm sure you're marketing really beyond the city because you're so much of your attendees are going to be from all over the world, really. And especially with a brand new building like this, you're going to have like lord knows how long of a honeymoon period with it where you'll exactly. just have people flying in like for that venue so you know what's that like doing group sales in a city like vegas well vegas is built on partnerships and relationships and so my first and foremost project and goal that i set out to do was to connect with all of our amazing hotels that are on the strip all of our destination management companies tour operators etc and really reach out to the community let them know what we are doing create special rates just for them that we could use for groups so that they would you know get invested and get excited about the project um being able to you know have them come in and experience it once we're open and and just really get the city behind the venue cuz we are you know, for the city, we're a venue that is going to bring people in just for Sphere, just for a U2 concert or a Sphere experience or a boxing match or whatever it is that we're doing. We know that we're going to be, you know, bringing new people in plus um, attracting people to come that were already in Las Vegas. So we're trying to do both. We're trying to get new people into the city as well and working with the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority to, you know, get people excited on a global level, let them know what we're going to be and how they can work with us, um, as well as like partners like to be able to do branding. And um, so say, you right. know, CES comes into town and they want to buy the uh, exterior, which is called the Exosphere, and they want to brand that for the week. Like we can do that for them. Or maybe Toyota comes in and they want to do uh, something because they're doing 
you know, they're attending a conference and they want to brand sphere. Um, it's visible from about 12,000 hotel rooms currently. And um, wow. yeah, and then all around the strip, you can see it all the way from the airport. You can see it from an airplane. So there's a lot that we can do, uh, not just with our, you know, partners locally, but partners that are coming into town and want to make a splash and make a headline at Sphere. I think Dave and I would like to rent uh, two seconds of the exosphere. I don't know how that can be prorated, but we just need just enough time to get one photo of it. And then that'll be, that'll be enough. Yeah. Right. I think we all have, people are asking like, can we do wedding proposals? Oh, like, do you have oh my God. dollars? No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How much no, do you love bad. that person? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. Right. So Courtney, you know, obviously, you know, when you're reaching out to the city and, and the hotels, uh, they're used to somebody coming to them. Hey, we got the new, we got Donnie Marie at the Golden Nugget. You know, what can we do to partner? I'm guessing they were very receptive to your pitch. They they took your calls on this one. Absolutely. I've never had an easier open door to getting to want people to talk to me than saying, hi, uh, I'm with Spear and I wanted to share more about what we're yeah. doing. That's like, great feeling. They yeah. were like, yes, sign us up tomorrow. Like we want to, we want to hear <laughs> yeah. from you. So um, yes, that has been actually a lot easier probably than other, other roles that I've had in the past where you really have to grind it out. I mean, we're still grinding, but it is uh, a little less when you have such an amazing venue. It helps open that door a little bit, start the conversation a little easier. What's, uh, what's it like in person? You know, we've seen it, uh, you know, uh, all over social. And by the way, if you haven't seen it, Pause the podcast. Go to thesphervegas.com, right? That's the website, uh, and just take a look at the you know the little splash page there. It's literally breathtaking just to watch this. I, or just look anywhere on the Instagram app, and you'll right. find a hundred videos of basketballs bouncing and eyeballs blinking right. and all That's kinds of amazing visuals. Yeah, but what's it like in person? It is unlike anything I've ever experienced. I actually just saw over the weekend from a different angle um, over at the Wynn. I was visiting there and went up to the parking garage. We, you know, we parked and walked over and I just was like, wow. Like every time I see it, even if I've seen it before, I am just blown away. It is breathtaking. Like it is just absolutely gorgeous. And I stood there in the 120 degree, <laughs> just like filming <laughs> it, just being like, I can't believe how incredible this is. It is huge like absolutely huge like the size is massive and it is just gorgeous i could stare at it for hours like it's just beautiful what's the best place to view it from right because if you're if you're you know you, you don't want to get dropped off at the front door right isn't it is it i mean i'm sure it's pretty cool up close but that first viewing a probably pretty cool from from a distance and there's a train or tram or something that goes around it right like a, a oh, train yeah. The monorail, uh, the Las Vegas monorail does go right by it. So that's a great way to see it. Any hotel room at, well, on that side, on the east side of uh, Venetian Palazzo. So highly recommend uh, booking a room there and checking out. Uh, you're going to see it when you land on, in a plane. You're going to see it driving by, uh, like I said, the wind parking garage. It's <laughs> a great viewing point. That's a little tip if anybody uh, wants to uh, go up to the wind parking garage. But you can see it from 
several different places. So um, the best vantage point is a, um, a couple hundred feet away. So it's a 2K resolution on the exterior. So that's best seen from a little bit further away. Uh, as you get closer, uh, you're going to start to see kind of those individual pixels because actually those pixels on the outside or the LED on the outside is individual pucks of LED. Sure. So it is actually really easy to switch them out, replace them if yep. they go out. So, you know, we have an LED board here outside the arena and, uh, you know, somebody's up on a, on a ladder once a week, fix it, fixing pieces of it, but it's not even close to this. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I would not want to go up there. I've, my colleagues have gone up to the top and I'm like, no, I'm good. No, thank you. I don't need I to be afraid to slide up there. one direction. I, I think it's, I mean, it, it, Oh man, it's it really is. We're fangirling. Where do you just? We're we're totally fan. Oh yeah, totally. Like, and and it helps that I'm looking at your your Zoom background right now, and so I can literally like I'm staring over your shoulder at the sphere, and I'm just like, wow, that's just so. I don't I don't know. It's 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 just pretty. It's pretty wild. I I can't think about it for years. It really is, and I love the like. And you mentioned this that beyond any events that are in there it really allows you to be a part of the city like even with the like nba uh summer league which i think was kind of this big unveiling where a lot of people saw it maybe for the first time there's content on there where it looks like a giant basketball that's got the logo on it there's content where there's basketballs bouncing around it like it's something where even if it's not an event or something you all have the fact that you can like plug in with the CVB or with whatever's going on and almost like help from the city side, feel like the city is welcoming whatever's going on. Like, I think it's just so unique. It's not like, there's just nothing like that anywhere else where you have just this insane, massive round billboard essentially that's digital and can be just changed and and i don't know i mean i'm sure every city would love to have something like that where they can just you know roll out the carpet to whatever is happening yes we love that and um you know a lot of people uh are concerned about the advertising and think of it as a you know a billboard and um how is that going to look and just from what you said with the partnership with nba and being able to do that with summer league um, you saw what it was. It was beautiful content. It was bouncing basketballs. Absolutely. It was spinning basketball. It was all kinds of really cool creative stuff. So, you know, the content that's being created for our partners when they are doing any type of advertising, quote unquote, um, will be custom created specifically for Sphere. There's no other way to do it. We can't just slap up, you know, a Super Bowl ad that they ran uh, you know, right. during Super Bowl yep. and just say, oh, you know, here's Bud Light. Like we we can't do, you know, it's going to have to be custom created content. So um, don't worry. It's still going to be gorgeous and <laughs> it's not going to feel like you're being advertised to. Courtney, uh, tell us a little bit about your, your ownership structure. Who's, who's behind this? Who, what's, what's your, what's your company like? So Madison Square Garden is actually our um, parent company, James Dolan, who is the CEO, um, he is the CEO of Sphere Entertainment. Uh, so we are all connected. Um, that was probably the most exciting part for me initially, obviously being here in Las Vegas and seeing and hearing about the Sphere for so long, knowing that Madison Square Garden was the parent company is what really kind of sealed the deal for me to make this move and to join this team. 
uh, because Madison Square Garden is just like the best of the best, as we say, like the world's greatest stages are Madison Square Garden stages. So um, they know what they're doing. Being, yeah. yeah, they do. They've been doing it for a long time and being part of this well-oiled machine. Um, you know, we're kind of a startup within a big, you know, structure or organization that has been around for a long time. So we have the benefit of this institutional knowledge and these people who have worked, you know, with MSG for a long time. And and then also all of our Las Vegas institutional knowledge that we have on this side of things, um, how we do things differently. And um, bringing that together has just been an incredible experience. I've learned so much in such a short period of time. And I just am so happy to continue to learn and grow from these colleagues that are just world-class. I want to hear how you got to where you're at today, but to do that, we got to kind of go back to, I don't know, about 20 years ago, you know, you're a freshman at what, University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Uh, were you studying entertainment management theater production to begin with? Was that originally your plan as you started college? Funny enough, no, I was um, actually going for a music major because I was very much into musical theater and music and thought I'd be a amazing performer. Um, and quickly before I uh, started that, I actually switched to the hospitality college because I thought, I don't think this is, the, this is not for me. I'm not going to make it. <laughs> Uh, so I decided quickly I wanted to be behind the scenes and so transferred over to Hospitality College and then ended up with that uh, dual kind of major in, in entertainment and theater and it was incredible. So you're, what, what got you then into kind of wanting to do live events? Well, my professor in one of my classes was called Hotel Entertainment and he was actually a show producer, uh, owned theater wow. on the strip um, and had several shows. And he told me or told the class, you know, hey, I pay commission to these concierge who sell my tickets and I'm paying them, you know, $20 a ticket. And the college student and me who's poor and needed a job said, <laughs> you're paying how much per ticket? So um, I quickly was like, hey, uh, what what was that company name? And I went and applied and um, that company that's still uh, around today selling tickets that I uh, started off selling tickets on the strip for shows uh, at wow. a box office. So box office slash concierge type job that I had in college and thought this is a lot better than, you know, being a hostess at a restaurant or anything like that. This is what I sure. want to do. And that created my instant love of ticketing and the, you know, kind of behind the scenes of what was going on. And I did that throughout college and then kind of scaled it from there. So you, you graduate and then do you remember your first big job out of college? Yeah. So that same professor who was that show producer, I went to him and said, hey, you, you inspired me. What do you think? You want to hire me on? And he's like, sure, yeah, you can be the sales and promotions manager. I'm like, okay, well, let's do that. <laughs> Sounds good. Never, never in my life had I done anything with promotions. Never in my life had I, you know, really done a true sales job in, in the sense I was, you know, a lot more like concierge, inside sales, ticket box office rep type thing. Um, so he hired me to do that. And uh, that just kind of started the whole thing. And I I went on to really, like I said, dive into the ticketing side of things. I got really into the ticketing system and the box office and how that was being managed and ended up overseeing that and um, expanding in my sales role and you know took on marketing and all of those things. So it just kind of grew organically as I was learning more and more about the business and what 
everything that goes into putting on an entertainment production in Las Vegas, it just, I, I started being a jack of all trades because you kind of have to be, you have to wear many hats, especially when you're working for a small production company, which, you know, even as they grow, the, your teams don't always grow. So um, right, I'm right. wearing many hats in, in most of my roles. So that has really gotten me where I am today. And I, I think it's really fun to look back at the path that got me here and where I'm going to end up is still unknown. And it's just an incredible journey. I think sometimes having those challenging jobs, like you mentioned, you're not like working for this huge, you know, it was a great job, but it was something where you had to like boots on the ground, grind it out, wear all these hats, didn't have enough staff. You know, it's in the moment you're like, oh my gosh, you're pulling your hair out. But then I think, you know, fast forward 10 years, you're in your role now at Sphere and that's incredible, but it's one of those things that I think it gives you a better appreciation for, for that grind, you know? And I think some people, maybe when they jump ahead or they, you know, get a job at a business where maybe they don't have that challenge, once they hit a hiccup, it's hard for them to understand how to deal with that because they maybe haven't had those challenges in the past. So it's, it's hard to, you know, figure out how to solve solutions like that. Whereas when you're working for, you know, a smaller company, it's like, here's what we can do and here's what we can't do. And this is, you know, like, there's no use in overstressing. Like we got to fix it. We got to roll with it. You know, I think it, it really gives you this wide range of knowledge on problem solving and, you know, working really hard. And I'm sure that was extremely valuable, you know, throughout as you grew. Very much so. And being able to be the person to implement my ideas or uh, come up with solutions for issues and problems that we were having, whatever reason, like to have, take that to, you know, the CEO of that small company and say, Hey, I have a solution for this. Like, and him saying, yeah, run with it, go, go find us a new ticketing system because working in Excel and, uh, you know, a notepad is really not the best way to be doing ticket reservations. <laughs> like, good point. So, you know, doing RFPs for a ticketing uh, system at, you know, 24 years old is, is just like something that is, like you said, invaluable. You know, you, you spend a year, you know, at, at Tropicana working, you know, as a box office manager and uh, interim entertainment manager. What do you take from that experience that, that you still use today? Uh, we ended up taking uh, the theater from being on an older system to the Ticketmaster system. That switch happened. Uh, so having to go in and really learn a whole new system kind of off the bat and then transfer everything over um, was how long does this process take and what are the steps and what are the standard operating procedures that we need to put into place when this type of thing happens? What happens when tickets go offline? What happens when, you know, um, the show gets canceled and you have a million, you know, guests who are furious because Gladys Knight, you know, is sick and she can't perform. And, you know, what do we do? It's the problem solving right there on the spot and managing a team. I really had managed a smaller team, um, in previous role and going over to the box office there at Tropicana, um, I was managing about a team of 10 and some of them were part-time and, um, you know, being a younger woman, it was just like, here you go, like learn as you go. And, and I'd learned 
to just jump in feet first and figure it out. Yeah. Like I said, on, on the job training. You know, um, you spent a number of years at Travel Zoo, too, uh, including a run through the pandemic. I'm guessing, you know, in, in Vegas, right, there still was plenty of activity for Travel Zoo during this whole run. Yes. So I, again, wanted to just kind of learn something different, take another side of what the entertainment business had to offer. So thought, hey, you know, working on a partnership side of things um, could be really interesting. And yes, during the the COVID shutdown, unfortunately, you know, we had to scale down our staff quite a bit. So I ended up taking on um, more of our local uh, restaurants and spas and and that type of local activity, uh, which was actually, again, a new experience, something new for me to do, which was kind of thrown in my lap. And it was like, here, take this on because you already know how to do entertainment. So just do restaurants. I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> uh, so again, you know, getting to do something new and, and, and learning as I went. But, you know, as these shows were able to reopen and we were able to get, uh, you know, bodies into the seats again. It was actually great because partners were relying on us or shows were relying on on Travel Zoo to help them fill the seats, help people understand that they could come back to shows and get that word of mouth out there that, you know, we were open. Vegas was open for business. Um, so it actually was a, you know, pretty good time, if you will, <laughs> all things considered. Um, so from there, you went to a position that I think lined you up pretty well for this next gig. Tell me about the move from Travel Zoo to the uh, Illuminarium. Yes. So Illuminarium is an immersive experience, an immersive attraction uh, that was opening, had opened in Atlanta and was opening at the Area 15 complex which is basically like an immersive entertainment venue with lots of different uh, attractions inside. Um, so I, this was just something that sounded so cool to me, so interesting. I knew that this was the next thing in entertainment. You know, we have our production shows, we have our concerts, we have our live residencies, like that's what it is. But immersive attractions was the next thing. So I said, I gotta, I gotta be part of this. I gotta figure this out. Um, and the company that I worked for is, was Legend Global Attractions, which was part of Legends Hospitality. Uh, you may sure. know them from the Dallas Cowboys uh, Stadium, the uh, New York Yankees, et cetera, um, One World Observatory in New York. So they have several venues and they were um, partnering with Illuminarium to bring Illuminarium to Atlanta as well as Las Vegas and beyond. Uh, so I just applied and I don't know. They called me. I don't know. How, I don't know how it happened. <laughs> it was one of those organic uh, opportunities that I was really lucky and excited to take on a challenge. And same thing, like a startup environment within a larger corporation. Um, so uniquely positioned me for this role that I have taken with Sphere to start something from the ground up and build it and open a venue and. Um, this is my third venue opening and then I've opened wow. 50 something plus I've lost count of how many shows I've opened, but venues, this is the third venue I've opened. So that experience in and of itself is just beyond words. 
to people that have opened venues, you sound like a masochist, I think, because <laughs> <laughs> so many people are like, I will never open. Like everyone's like, I want to open a venue one time in my career. And then after the first one, they're like, I don't want to open another venue anytime. So and Paul, I'm doing this back to back, just so you're aware. <laughs> <laughs> I, I took one venue opening and then said, oh, you know what? Let's do another one immediately. I think my <laughs> husband is like, I don't uh, he's the most supportive amazing husband ever because he just was like yeah sure go do it live your best uh career so here that I am does seem like kind of a through line through your career though is that you like these challenges you know you mentioned that you like coming in at the ground floor and being like how do I help build this how do I you know we're a small piece of a big puzzle how do we increase our footprint how do we carve our space is that something that you look for when you're kind of looking at that next step? Is it something that, you know, as you start to feel comfortable, you've always kind of found yourself like, I need another challenge? You know, is that something you you identify in yourself? Definitely to some degree. Um, I am the type to kind of stick where I am as well. I, I find in my career path that most venues or places that I've been at, I've been at for five plus years. Only in this last year did I kind of uh, switch it up just because, you know, an opportunity like this is once in a lifetime. So, um, but taking on, you know, new challenges within the role that I'm in or finding a way to, you know, take that next step, next level up, whether that be, you know, a promotion or just a different, uh, department or something like that. Like if I feel like I've given it my all and I've put in everything I've gotten and I've gotten everything out of it that I can, um, yeah, I definitely look for, what to do next. Cause I, I still feel like I'm ambitious and young and passionate about what I do and, and want to continue to grow. I'm not going to settle and not going to just rest back. And I'm not one of those people that can just be like, Oh, I'm just going to collect a paycheck and you know, whatever, whatever. I hope it works out. And I hope we sell a lot of tickets and you know, I'm comfortable. Let's, I'm not the type to just stay. Yeah. So you mentioned that, you know, that, leap that you made recently. So talk to us about the move then from Luminarium to Sphere. So Sphere posted for this role in December. Um, I was just exiting Legends um, with Illuminarium and it was perfect timing. Um, I got to take a little break, got to recharge my batteries, enjoy the holidays, visit my family, uh, and then jump into what sphere was going to be um hitting the ground running uh in january so it was a little bit of a break that i definitely needed after opening a venue anybody who's opened a venue can speak to this that it was an exhausting year and a half so i i needed a break and i'm glad i i gave it to myself and said you know time to take a step back and then see what was next for my my journey and, and a new challenge as you said so yeah, that when when I saw this get posted, I just said I got to do it. This is what this is where I got to be. I don't know what's next for you. Maybe maybe you'll uh, like if they open some sort of venue on the moon or some sort of floating <laughs> satellite, you know, something that's orbiting Earth, and you can be like, okay, that's not you know how do you how do you move up from sphere? You know, maybe I don't know that's that you the can. next level. I don't know that you can. I don't know that I will. Right? Like yeah. I, I love this company. I love Madison Square Garden Company and the Sphere Entertainment Company. Like. I hope I'm here for the rest of my career. 
whether that be in group tickets or beyond, um, maybe that's, this is where I will stay. Cause like you said, I don't know how I'm going to top this, uh, but maybe I'll try. <laughs> well, we've, heard, we've heard plenty uh, about you and, you know, your, your adventures in this industry, but, but Courtney, who are you outside of work? Once you, once you get away, you mentioned your husband, what do you, what do you get to do outside of the office? Well, I love entertainment. So I am that concert goer. I am the musical theater lover. So I try to support the arts whenever possible, festivals, concerts. Uh, we love to travel. My husband and I uh, love to see the world. So um, most recently, Bali, uh, previous to that, uh, with wow. the Maldives right after uh, uh, leaving a luminarium. So, you know, again, just having the opportunity to travel and see the world um, and spend time with our three cats. We have three uh, three fur babies here at home. <laughs> what are the names? Twix, Mars, and Monkey. <laughs> I see that almost the theme. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have Monkey's the offshoot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, hey, before we wrap things up here today, I want to hit you with our fast five. It's five quick questions. Just looking for your, your quick instant response. First up, do you remember your very first concert? New Kids on the Block. How about your favorite concert of all time? Boys to Men, hands down. Wow. What is your what is your musical theater dream role? So you get to go back in the theater, you're on stage, who are you playing? I know you got one. This will probably oh, be funny. in the sphere too, imagine. You're it's an immersive theater experience. This one this one's going to make you laugh. Ado Annie from Oklahoma, yeah. my favorite musical. I know it's out there and crazy, but that's it. I was in Oklahoma in high school. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> exactly. Me too, but I was not her. So maybe next time. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was just a backup dancer. Uh, <laughs> all right. So uh, just for, for not from a sales perspective, but from a personal perspective, who is on your Sphere bucket list? Who would you love to see do a show at Sphere? I've been saying Beyonce. I just feel like Beyonce would be incredible. Absolutely. Last question. Uh, what is your theme song? So there's a TV show all about your life. Courtney cameras follow you around all the time. What is the song that plays over the opening credits of the Courtney Payne show? That is incredibly hard to answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to give you at least one hard question. The song that keeps popping in my head, even though it is not a song that I love or really feel like is my theme song but it's popping in my head is journey don't stop believing um, that yeah. one just is sticking out to me for whatever reason if it's just I what came it. to mind but it's calling to you at the moment it's yeah. very indicative of your career you're believing and pursuing the next level you know that's that's must be where it's coming from because and also uh, not stopping <laughs> yeah and not, not stopping, stopping. Yeah, exactly <laughs> that's it so we're, we're gonna go with that one uh Courtney, that was I appreciate you sharing and, and listening to us geek out as we talk through uh, your your adventures and your, your current uh, place of business. Um, where can people find you? Uh, where can people follow along with uh, what's happening at Sphere? You can follow me on LinkedIn at Courtland512. Uh, also, same on Instagram at Courtland512. If you want to follow me there, you can follow Sphere at Sphere Vegas on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. If it's on the internet, you'll find us. There you go. And and the sphervegas.com is the website too. Definitely. You got to check it out. Very cool stuff. Hey, I know you're very busy. Best of luck there with the opening. And we appreciate you taking the time to check in with us today. Thank you so much. 
And a big thanks to everybody for listening to this episode of Adventures in Venue Land. Remember, you can subscribe and find more episodes wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We do love your five-star reviews. It helps others find us. Until the next adventure, I'm Dave Rettelberger. And I'm Paul Hooper. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be in touch about reserving that millisecond of the exosphere. (laughs) Exosphere. Adventures in Venue Land is a side project of the Event and Venue Marketing Conference, a marketing conference that brings together diversified event and venue professionals to cultivate education, collaboration, and innovation for the growing sports and live entertainment industry. Find out more at eventvenuemarketing.com. Audio editing and mixing by Camille Faulkner. Design and digital advertising by Megan Ebeck. Copywriting and publicity by Samantha Marker. Guest booking and brand strategies by Paul Hooper. Guest research by Dave Rettelberger. Marketing strategies by Paul Hooper, Megan Ebeck, and Samantha Marker. Thanks for joining us. Until the next adventure.